Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds, where we talk Dallas Stars, NHL, and everything in between. It's a local hockey podcast for you, the DFW hockey fan. And I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and I'm joined by EP Ringside, Shap Shots, D Magazine. I like to refer to him as my NHL guru. He is Sean Shapiro. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's... uh. I looked at the calendar yesterday and I didn't realize that we're in a spot where we're less a month from today. Well, we should be talking about playoff hockey. Like it's something where it sits, it's kind of, you know, it's right around the corner, but then sometimes you look at the calendar and, yeah. and you realize like how close something is, which is, uh, which is, a, which is a good news for your Dallas stars, 11 games left first place in the West in the uh, first place in the central still. So good news, but also, uh, uh, a little bit of that uh that crunch time to talk about other things too. So it's uh it's playoff hockey's right around the corner. One of my favorite times of the year. So uh, it's can't complain at all. Do you play the game like I do, where I sit there and say, "Okay, it's a point. Was that a good point or a bad point?" You know, I like sometimes I play like last night. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, it's a good point." Scored in the last couple of seconds, so you did salvage a point. But should you have been in that position anyway? Yeah, like last, I, I'll actually go a little bit further from the last from the last two games, both the Seattle game and and the Calgary game. I'll go down the path where, obviously, winning and losing is the um, winning and losing is the is the end all be all, right? Like the team, you got to win. That's the only stat that matters. But at the end yeah. of the year, if who wins sixteen games in the playoffs, that's who wins the Stanley Cup. But I look at the fact that. Uh, they got three out of four points from the last two games and the way it uh, has covered an issue that we're going to talk about today, uh, the way it's covered an issue. I, I look at those as, as good points. Those are the types of points that a good team banks when you're working through something else. Uh, so I look at it as good points. There's certain definitely things to be discussed about how it ended up being that way. You could almost argue uh, you, you could only, you could, it's good point, bad point. I think, um, it's funny. I was, uh, it's funny you say this because on Monday night, um, I was talking to a GM of another NHL team and we were, he was talking about kind of at what point of the year are you allowed to have moral victories? And for each team, the timeline kind of changes and everything like that. But basically as the GM put it, he's like, if you're a playoff team after March 15th, you don't get moral victories. Mm. It's, you're, you're judged on whether you, you win or lose. He used March 15th as the color. I like that. It's, it's like, okay, you can have moral victories in January and February and even the first half of March. But once March 15th comes around and you move on from then, this GM used it as the line where that's the spot where you either won or you're lost. And, and, and so for that reason, I, looking at it from that perspective, I think it's a good point, and it's something where it allows the stars to uh, work from a space of positivity when fixing some things. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, and so that that's good. Um, obviously, there's some nuance to that, and uh, I'll let you I'll let you get us going on that. Well, I think. I think it's one of those things where I'm happy they got a point, but I mean, at some point, mm -hmm. yeah, you got to start collecting the twos and 
Um, now yeah. you're dangerously close, and that's you know that's that's the thing. And uh, you know I understand that the schedule might favor the stars in some ways, but they've kind of proven this season that you just can't predict these games. So um, you know it, it is it is interesting. Um, for the crowd's sake, I was really happy. Um, it was a great game to to go to. Um, and, you know, kudos, the stars now, you know, with empty nets have been very, very effective. So today I thought we'd go through each goal and bring up points that we'd normally talk about on the podcast. So the first goal was uh, Seattle, uh, Tanev with an amazing tip. But the question was, should Tanev have even been in that position, which brings up Yanni Hockenpah, um, who... I have, you know, kind of bench last night, um, didn't play his best. And I would say, is Yanni Hockenpah, my question to you, is he on the ice too much? Is because, I mean, I'm just not, I'm not seeing that guy right now. I'm seeing this guy, you know, get beat on a lot of plays. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it also brings up the fair point to, and I'm not even saying, it's there. It's not a like for like player, him and Nils Lundqvist, but it's also the type of thing where yeah, we're at the spot where there's mistakes that losing a guy like that. Those are mistakes that have cost Nils Lundqvist and led to healthy scratches. And yeah. so it's kind of one of the things where you are seeing a firsthand example of veteran status giving you the certain uh chance to do more things and also the stars you look at their back end they really like having Hawkinpaw back there because they don't have many other guys like Hawkinpaw is as much as it's what you do with the size that matters there mm-hmm. is still an element of the you know the term like the off the bus team, right? Where like people will be like, "Oh, that's that like that." Those guys look tough. Those guys look difficult. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, there's there's something to be said where teams and GMs and coaches still like having those guys as part of like as as part of the build, and they look at, "Hey, we need we want this guy to do." We 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 like having that physical where someone looks over and they're like, "Oh man, we got to be worried about that guy," and Hockenpah was minus four last night. Yeah. Lost the guy on that one, like. I, I'm at the spot where he looking at his usage and I know he scored against Calgary the other night, but looking at his usage, I guess I start to wonder if the stars are being overly, I wonder if they need to start mixing in some scratches for some other defensemen. Yes. You can even, and you can even place this as a, you can even use the word load management if you want. Right. I don't care what way you want to defend it. You can even just say, it's like, hey, we're going to go through basically everyone everyone outside of outside of Miro and outside of Lindell and Hayshkin, and we're going to scra- over the next six games, we're going to give everyone one game off just so we can have the freshest possible group for the playoffs. And I think that's a fine way to defend it. Yep. And I think there's, I think there's a couple defensemen on this team that could use a break like that. Yeah. Um, and, yep. And, and I'll, I'll also say yeah. not to jump ahead, but a yeah. later goal, Tanif's second goal of the night for the Kraken, it was actually Joel Hanley who was kind of muscled off the puck, which, yes. you know, continued Seattle in the offensive zone and they scored. And I thought after that, I'm like, okay, 
if you think Lundquist is too small or bad defensively, I'm not seeing like stellar defensive work from Joel Hanley either. And I, yeah, Joel Hanley is just a very is is, is a stable guy. Yes, when solid he's not player. Stable, like he, like Nils Lundqvist should be back in the lineup. Let's yes. just see. It's like, and the fact of the matter is, it was kind of they went eleven seven against Calgary instead of going twelve six, and so he was back in, but it really wasn't because they didn't take anyone else out. Like this defense could you can definitely use the the shakeup of 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 scratches. So I think, I think there is something healthy about it for certain guys when, when it comes in and, and scratches. So, yep. Yep. So Mira Haskinen gets on the board and a weird goal uh, on the stars power play to tie it at one where it kind of goes off the back and then goes off the cracking goalie and, and goes in. But I also thought to myself, like, you know, when you shoot at the net, good things happen. And I understand he's having his best point production this year, I just think after the All-Star break, Sean, I think we've seen a more aggressive Miro. And I don't know what you think of that, but I just find that he feels, you know, I wouldn't say he was uncomfortable as the quarterback of the power play, but we've had conversations about Klingberg being missed. And Mm -hmm. I just feel as though after the All-Star break, there has been another level up for Miro. Yeah, we've seen that. I think we've definitely seen that. I'm I'm curious on the um obviously he didn't plan for the hard bounce off the end boards off Joey Deport's head and into the net, <laughs> but there is something to be said. Um I think we've seen more out of the stars power play where we've seen Miro shoot wide on purpose. Um and not necessarily shooting to score. Now he did score on that play. I think we've seen more out of Miro in the second half of the season of taking that intentionally wide shot where it gets where you have, where it basically allows um, either a Joe Pavelski or a Jamie Ben or a rope Hintz, whoever you have in front of the net to kind of extend the net front. Basically when you're looking at that tip, you're basically trying to shooting wide kind of on purpose where a tip comes back in at an even tighter angle. And I think we've seen more of that out of Miro. Um, it's something that, uh, the boards at AA at American Airlines Center are not nearly as springy as the old uh, the, the old the old boards in Detroit at Joe Louis Arena were known like across the league as being like the springiest boards in NHL history. And like Nick Lidstrom, one of the greatest defensemen of all time, ran the pow- ran a pow- point power play from the point using shooting wide on purpose so often, just using those boards as like a even if it wasn't tipped, it created a huge bounce off and. Um, the boards at AAC are, I would say, probably have a little bit more juice than most places, not overly bouncing. I think we've seen more of that this year with the Stars and with Miro. And to me, that's just kind of more and more of adjusting and knowing you're the guy and understanding what works and being a little bit more creative almost in it too. And so it's it's a good sign to see. And obviously, if if he call if he call if he called if he called bank shot off of that, I'd be stunned. But uh, <laughs> the fact the fact he was shooting kind of wide to create something, I think that is intentional. Even if he wasn't really aiming for the the hard bounce backboards, the cords heading in. So yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. And it's good to see because I mean we know the defensive plays there. It's just it's great that you see that he's more uh, aggressive.